2: Hey folks, it's Lyle. Get this. I'm coming to over 40 cities across the United States, the UK, Europe, and Australia to do this here Therapy Gecko podcast live. These shows will involve bringing folks from the audience up on stage to talk to a gecko about whatever they want. Just like we do on the podcast. Uh, the shows are completely unplanned, completely unpredictable, and they will be a lot of fun. So if you're a fan of the podcast, you should definitely come out. Uh, tickets are available right now at therapygeckotour.com and you should get them before they are sold out. That's therapygeckotour.com. We'll put the link in the episode description as well. Uh, the live shows are, are very fun. They're very gecko-y, and I uh, hope to see you there. All right, let's get into the episode.
1: Hello. Hello. Who are you? This is Aiden. Who are you? Uh,
2: my name is Lyle, man. What's going on? Hey, Lyle.
1: Uh, I was calling to talk about uh, my work. I work at Domino's, and uh, I'm a delivery driver there. Oh, yeah? What's that like? So, within the first three weeks, I had the uh, classic... Delivery driver situation. I uh, went to a motel Uh, This lady opens up the door completely butt ass naked Um, and Then she kind of closes the door real quick, and then she opened it fully back up again, and uh, Just gave me the money and yeah, so that was like my third or fourth week there
2: (laughs) Wait you Uh, said she hold on you said you said she opened the door She so she opens the door takes the pizza closes the door opens back up gives you the money
1: No, no, so so she she opens up the door, like, a a little bit at first to see who it is, and, like, I could see, like, half of her body, and I can see that she's not wearing any clothes. She then closes the door a little bit as if she's going to put clothes on or something, but then she just, like, swings it right right back open, and I just see her full—she's just there.
2: And we're talking completely naked. There's no—it's not, like, a robe. It's, like, completely, fully, 100%
1: naked. Not even socks, nothing. But just, yes, completely naked. What was her
2: facial expression? Was she bashful about it, or was, she, is it, was it a very proud nakedness?
1: That's what I don't know, man, because it got me thinking because she closed the door. It seemed like out of shame, right? But then she opens it back up almost, like you said, almost proud. So I don't know. It, it really it baffled me, and I, I still think about it sometimes.
2: Uh, did you have a, like, what What was the extent of your interaction?
1: Um, she was at some motel and so someone pointed me in her direction because I was like my first time there. And so as soon as I get to the door, I just knock and as soon as she opens it, I'm like, hey, uh, that's how much it is. I try not to be, I, I didn't acknowledge it in any way. Uh, I just kind of made, tried to maintain eye contact.
2: Respect. <laughs> respect was part of you secretly hoping that she would invite you in to share the pizza
1: <laughs> No, no, not at all. Uh I have a, I, I have a girlfriend, so I was more mortified than anything.
2: Wow. You uh you're a true professional,
1: Aiden. Thank you. It really took a lot of uh took a lot in me not to Not to say anything, but you know I told everyone at work right when I got back.
2: And they were, did everyone at work was like, oh yeah, I remember the first time
1: that happened to me. Um, one person said it happened to them, but everyone else was pretty shocked. But I mean, I work in a pretty interesting area, we get a lot of interesting people.
2: Anything else happened to you of note?
1: There's a, I mean, there was a time that I delivered to someone at like 9 or 10 at night, and um, they it looked like there was a, a gun on their waist, and it kind of scared me because we were out, and they were just like walking down the street, yeah. um, but I, nothing came from that. We have this old gun guy, guy who comes in all the time.
2: Gun guy? I, I'll would i take the naked lady over the gun
1: guy anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the gun guy happened on my second second night. It was one of my first nights. Mm-hmm. My first few weeks there were the craziest.
2: Have you ever encountered a naked lady with a gun?
1: You know, I, I have not yet. I, uh, I, I, I'll keep an eye out. There is some guy who... Uh, He always is walking down the street that my Domino's is on, and there's no music, no headphones, nothing in his ears, but he's just dancing down the street. Sometimes he's got a a bag or a a shopping cart. I also sometimes see him at the dumpster right behind our store, so he makes it, he walks all the way.
2: (laughs) Hmm. Do you think he knows something about the universe that we don't, or do you think he's on drugs? Or both?
1: Absolutely both. It's got to be something. I mean, there's no way someone's just that happy all the time. Are you happy? I am happy.
2: What makes what makes you happy, Aiden?
1: Uh, my girlfriend really makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's waving at you.
2: <laughs> what else
1: makes you happy, Aiden? Um, Uh, I really love my job. I love driving despite uh, despite sometimes not getting you know the best tips I uh, I love doing it. I love the people I work with. Uh, my three cats make me happy. my dog
2: who t- who tipped more between the gun guy and the naked lady I'm gonna guess the naked lady yes. Hundred uh, percent. Any other characters that you wish to share from your journeys?
1: Um. Well, there's this older guy who comes in, or sometimes delivers to us, or it means be delivered to him, and we. Uh, he's either always in a good mood or really pissed off, and I can't tell if he's racist or not because his neighbor is a black lady. Anytime she's over there, he's kind of very rude to her.
2: Is he rude to you?
1: Um, he is sometimes. He it, okay. it just depends. Like, if I don't get the pizza out of the bag quick enough when he's handing me the money. And okay. he never tips, but I don't think he knows. So...
2: He could be racist against all races.
1: Huh? Yeah. Which, I guess that wouldn't even really be racist. Okay. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend actually just reminded me about someone who uh, I had a heartfelt talk with when I was delivering. Um there was this uh, guy who I delivered to and he was under the influence. Um, and when I got there, or sorry, when I knocked on the door and he opened it up, I could clearly tell and I could smell the, the booze. And uh, he just, he just poured his heart out to me. I mean, the first thing he said was like, man, I, I really need help. Uh, I, uh, I, this alcohol is killing me, man. And, you know, I was kind of taken aback and, I don't know. It, I, that guy yeah, kind of messed me up for a little bit. Cause I, I wish I could have done more for him. At the moment. Yeah, yeah, I've always okay. been someone who. I've always been someone who, when they see someone's going through something, I just I want to be there for them, and I want to be one that I want to be a piece of the puzzle that helps get them to where they need to be. Sure. Sure.
2: Uh, okay, tell me more about what. The, so, the, so the, you'd go to deliver pizza. To this guy, and you are uh, certainly the first person that this guy has seen uh, in an, a, possibly an extremely long time, possibly several weeks. And he looks at you in the eyes and asks you, human being on the planet at the same time as him, to other human being, brother, I need help.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he was he kept saying it over and over. He would say, "I need help. Uh, this alcohol is going to kill me." It's uh, I wish he was like and he was. He looked me dead in the eyes again. He was like, "Don't ever, don't ever be like me. Don't ever." And uh, that kind of stuck with me.
2: Okay. By the way, can I uh, offer? I know you said that you felt upset that you couldn't help him, but you did give him a pizza, which traditionally does Mm -hmm. pair very well with
1: alcohol. That's true. That's true. So if anything, I just helped him feel better in that moment.
2: You did. You did help him feel better in that moment by giving him that pizza. Uh, see that's the thing right is you can't you can't save everyone you can't even you can't even try I mean you can try but you you won't do it um, you can really do the best you can and what I think is cool about your job delivering pizzas is that you help you do it you, you do help people in the moment by delivering them pizzas you feed people it's a noble profession delivering pizzas that man got to eat he didn't have to fucking leave his house maybe he couldn't maybe he was too drunk to leave his house but he still you know deserved to be able to eat and so you delivered him his pizza and uh in that moment provided a service for another person uh that was valuable to them now how much did he tip you
1: uh I honestly don't remember I know he tipped me though
2: that's nice and
1: that's more than uh it's more than a lot of people around here so i any tips are greatly just you know really appreciated so
2: tell me tell me tell me you say it stuck with you how uh, tell me just a little bit more about how it stuck with you
1: i uh i have recently i mean okay uh I feel like I could be maybe having, developing a problem with alcohol. You? And I do. I've been, um, I, I, even when I met him, I was drinking pretty often, but now I've been drinking pretty, it's been almost every night, but not Mm. like maybe two days a week. Hmm. Did
2: part of you see yourself in this guy?
1: I did, and I think that's what scared me.
3: Mm. Mm.
2: How, what do you, why do you, why do you think you're drinking so
1: much? I, uh, I, I just think it i mean drinking's fun to me you know it's fun to drink and i I don't have a very good sense on self-control
3: mm. Mm.
2: it is fun to drink you ingest brown water sometimes clear water and you go ah, ah! It's fun because yeah, sentience is is annoying. Is tough. It's a lot. Yeah. So you want it? You, you got to numb yourself down. Sometimes. I understand the impulse. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything? Although you seem like a, uh, I, I will say this about you from what I know about you from talking to you on the phone. Which is, uh, you have a lovely partner who you enjoy very much. You have three cats who you like. Yes. You seem. You said you like your job. That's rare as hell. You have a good life. You have a good life. Um, do you agree? You. Don't, I don't want to tell you what you have because you know your life. No, well no, no. I, I
1: absolutely agree.
2: Yeah. Okay. So why do you feel compelled to, to run to numb yourself from your sentient experience of your own wonderful life? Genuine question.
1: And I, I don't know if I have a a real answer to why, other than I, uh, I get the pull impulse to do it and. I just want to do it. And sometimes it feels like I am not. Sorry, what is that? What? Oh, my girlfriend saying that my parents have addictive personalities, which. Ah, there we go. Okay, there we go.
2: It's a hereditary thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, my dad is definitely was or still is an alcoholic when i was growing up um to some extent there was always he was at least as far as when i say i alcoholic i i guess i mean he was drinking every night and uh there was was no real uh control i guess on his side it didn't seem like um
2: have you gone to a real therapist to talk about this
1: I not I haven't been to so I went to therapy once and I had two sessions and um after that second session I quit and I know that that that's the thing that everyone does and it's uh I do I do want to go back and I've been trying to uh, get that worked out it's just a it's a process I guess to get it done
2: Is any part of you drinking to forget the sight of that lady's boobs?
1: (laughs) Maybe. That might be a little bit of it.
2: Okay, when you go to therapy, you should talk about that as well. Definitely. Uh, Have you ever been to AA? I don't know shit about AA, so I'm not going to try to shill you on it, but I'm, I'm curious if you've tried it.
1: I have not. Um, I have brought it up to my girlfriend once, and I've looked it up. Uh, it is something that I think would be, I think definitely is a helpful uh, resource. I mean, I know it works. I've seen um, people, I know people who've gone through it. Um, my best friend gone, went through it, and he, he's been sober for uh, two, three years, so... Uh, I just it's just taking that step really. Mm. Well, in
2: uh huh. Huh. I don't know. I I think I'm ha- I'm ha- I'm so happy to hear that you're happy with your life. It's inspiring to me actually. I've been thinking a lot. I know this sounds like I'm being facetious, maybe, but I'm not. I've been thinking a lot lately about how to be happy in my own life, um, and I'm I'm inspired by you yeah. because you seem so happy in yours. Um, so, uh, but yet, uh, you know, your parents had this hereditary. Uh, your, your parents had this addictive personality, and when you when your dad, there was there was there was. There was a, that, that gene was in his cum, and that was put into your mom's vagina. And then there was you, and you had no control over that. Every aspect of your life that you had control over, your decisions, your perceptions, you, you've you done a great job, it seems, of, of steering them in a positive direction to be happy, but... You, 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 were tainted. Come from the start, and you couldn't control that. And now you're dealing with that. But everything again that was within your control, it's doing pretty good. So I, I'm inspired by that, and I hope that uh, you find a way to positively deal with, um, you know, this hereditary issue. I don't know how much that's worth, but, um.
1: No, I, I appreciate it, man. It means a lot coming from you. Mm-hmm.
2: Let me talk to your wife real quick. No, i your thoughts. her.
1: Okay, sure. She wanted to talk anyway. Here you are. Good, good.
0: Hey, Lyle.
2: Hi, what's your name?
0: My name's Natalie.
2: Natalie. Natalie, I've been talking to... I forget his name, but I've been talking to him. Aiden aiden for 20 minutes i like him a lot he's got a cool life
3: yeah. um he he's does. a good
2: guy he's a good he's a sweet guy do you and uh, b- before we move on i wanted to get you know your thoughts on him as a person on uh it sounds like you've been standing there while you've been talking i want to i want to hear your wrap up on this any any thoughts you have on on our conversation
0: yeah, well I was in the other room listening to it because I just wanted to hear what both of y'all were saying without being in the same room, but he's he loves his job and he's been working really hard to try to support us and everything while I'm in school. So he's doing amazing. He and he guy. loves me a lot, so helping me out with all I'm going through.
2: Um that's good. That's good. And you know what's great about his, you know, you know what's a nice thing about his job. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell this to him. Can you, um, can you hand the phone back? Hey, Lou. You know what I like? You know, it must be fun about being a pizza delivery driver. What's that? Everyone's always happy to see you.
1: There, yeah, that's true. It, uh, for for the most part. There's been a few times where they're just already just pissed off because oh. their order's been waiting for a while. Yeah, sometimes we get really busy. But for the most oh, okay. part, that's true, and I'll, I'll oh, take well, that. Well, then never mind.
2: I was going to say, I was going to say, everyone's always happy to see you, and that's intoxicating in and of itself. But that, you know what? I'm glad you saved me from saying that because that would have been a really stupid way to end this call. Aiden, <laughs> you're a great guy. Um, I appreciate you sharing all the stuff with us, and I wish you the best of luck. Is there anything else that you want to say to the people of the computer before we go?
1: Um, not necessarily to the people of the computer, but to you. I just want to say thank you for what you do. Your show is amazing. Man. I've been watching you Thanks, for man. quite a while now. And uh, me and my girlfriend are going to be seeing you live in uh, September, so can't wait. Oh, shit, where at? Yeah, we'll be interested to be up. Uh, Charlotte.
2: Charlotte. Oh, my God. That's at least 30 years from now. I'll I'll try to I'll try to get good at this before then.
1: Oh, dude, you'll, you'll be fine. It's going to be great. Hey, like thank you, you said, I'll Even see if two people show up, we'll make it work. Yes, sir. I, I hope you bring a pizza. <laughs> All right, I, I I just might.
2: Okay, take care, Aiden. All right, you too. Bye, bye. And if he doesn't, I'm not letting him in. Just kidding. Hey, folks, this episode is sponsored by FunLove.com. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have finally gotten a coveted sex toy marketplace sponsorship. And boy, does this place have it all. FunLove.com is your place to go for vibrators, lingerie, BDSM bondage stuff, if you're into that, penis pumps, cock rings, chastity belts. Go crazy, folks. Go to funlove.com and use the code GECKO at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today and make a horny purchase. Hey folks, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of it. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online option for therapy with video, voice, and texting chat options with a licensed therapist that can be done completely at your own pace and on your own schedule. You don't need to leave your house. You don't need to sit in traffic. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with one of several therapists on the platform. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge until you find one that works for you, and you can communicate with your therapist as often as you want and whenever you feel it's needed. It's never a bad idea to find someone qualified to talk to about your issues and get some guidance on them. Learn to make time for what makes you happy by visiting BetterHelp.com slash Gecko today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot Gecko. Hey folks, this episode is sponsored by Liquid Death. What is Liquid Death? It might look like a beer or some kind of crazy energy drink. to check out all their healthy, infinitely recyclable beverages, and find your closest retailer. That's liquiddeath.com slash gecko. liquiddeath.com slash gecko. Hello?
3: Hello, is this Gecko?
2: Yeah, who is this?
3: Uh, this is Fat Mike.
2: Fat Mike?
3: Yeah.
2: How are you doing, Fat Mike?
3: Um, doing pretty good. How are you?
2: Uh, Fat Mike, it says here that um, you and your brother have been gambling a lot, but you keep winning, so you're not sure if it's a problem.
3: Yeah, well, right now we're winning. So is that a
2: problem? Have you, you, have you ever? Have you? You say, you know, the way that you said that was very contemplative. It seems as though you're aware. Perhaps you have this, like, premonition, this um, almost like it's a prophecy or something. You know how dogs can sense natural disasters? I don't know if that's actually true, but. That's like the yeah I've, energy. That's the energy the that you energy. gave off just now as you were talking. That you're sensing the disaster of you soon losing.
3: Well, actually, I I'm losing today.
2: Okay, so you just said you were saying that you were winning right now, but you're losing right.
3: Well, now. in 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 total, I'm up. It's like a week okay. by week basis.
2: Okay, so you're up in total, but you're down today.
3: Uh, that's true, yep.
2: Have you? Is this the first time in a while that you've been down?
3: Uh, Yeah, I started like probably two months ago. And okay, so I started the first two weeks.
2: The first time you've been up in a month. The first time you've been down in two months.
3: Yeah, that's about true.
2: How's it feel to be down?
3: Uh a lot of sad I gotta tell you like I wake up and I'm like ah gotta make that money back right mm-hmm.
2: so you're trying to decide whether or not it's a problem
3: um yeah I guess you could say that I just want to hear what? your input
2: what's the what's the hesitancy what, are you not caring if it's a problem you cared at least enough to call me
3: Uh, yeah, it, it, it shouldn't get a problem.
2: Say that, say that again.
3: It probably shouldn't be a problem, but, like, I'm not betting, like, my rant yet.
2: You keep, you keep talking without talking. You keep saying, you keep doing all these things, you started off with this, well... We're winning today. Then you do, then you added the yet at the end, and you are doing all these contemplate. You're like saying so much without saying anything. What? It, just tell me what it is that you're trying to say with with all these things. Do you understand what I'm talking about?
3: Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm what are you tr- trying to say? I, do, let me let me let me let me hand you off to my brother. Um, he's right. my betting partner. Got it. Hey, Gecko. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing tonight?
2: <clears throat> um, have you? So, what's your take on on the gambling?
3: Um, I mean, we're both like college students, um, so it's kind of just something we do for a little bit of extra money. But it's, right. I mean, it's it's been working out well so far. I'm like, I think I'm up like two fifty in a month. My brother's down a little bit because he has some issues following what I, I I feel like I'm probably more sensible of a better than he is. So sometimes okay. he doesn't doesn't follow my bets or listen to me. So he he's down a little bit. But what is I, your definition of a sensible of in- better? <laughs> um, knowing knowing the risks you're taking and like also doing the research. Like I feel like I do probably an hour, an hour and a half research every day about, like, bets that I'm going to place. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't? Uh, um, well, I mean, he does a little bit, but usually he'll just listen to me or do his own research, but I don't think his process is as well refined as mine is. Mm-hmm.
2: So he was on the phone with me talking about whether or not it was a problem. That's a, that's a, that's initially why you called in was to discuss whether yeah or not I mean I'm, it was a problem.
3: I'm curious what your take on it is is like because we're winning right now and obviously that's a good thing. But mm-hmm. if you start losing, does it become a problem or the frequency of how much you do it?
2: Um, t- if I could give you, I'll I can give you a take. Um. I think that whether or not is a problem. I think whether or not it's a problem has nothing to do with if you're winning or losing. It's not even part of the equation. That's
3: true. Uh, you that's, could be
2: really only true. winning, and it could be a problem.
3: Right. I think it's like
2: the only thing. I'm not a real therapist, but uh, I think. First of all, I can't decide if it's a problem and you can't decide if it's a problem. You know, only he can really decide if it's a problem. But if it were me, I would think it was a problem once it started to negatively affect his life or steer him away from directions he's trying to go. Because, I mean, he was telling me that he wakes up and the first thing he's thinking is, okay, we got to make this money. So it's like the first thing he does when he wakes up.
3: Right. So, yeah, I mean,
1: that that might be a little bit concerning.
2: I have a problem with fucking Instagram. I look at Instagram too much. The first thing I look at when I wake up, it's a problem. Right. Um, All right. So, again, the whole – I mean, that's the thing, right, is even if he's winning – if he wakes up right. and the not, first thing he's thinking about is like, his wins, it takes, it takes, takes control over his day, which would make it problematic right? Yeah. in my opinion, but my opinion is worthless. It's about his opinion.
3: Right. Right now it's kind of like just a, a side hustle, I guess. Like we're not really, we don't really bet anything that we can't afford to pay. Um, so I think as long as we stay in
1: like sensible ground and not go off the rails, I think fan- I feel like um,
3: that it, it's not that bad. But if if it is something that takes over like his brain and his mind, and he's just thinking about that all the time, then it could
1: definitely be a problem.
2: Is can he hear all this right now? Can he hear our conversation?
3: Yeah, yeah, we're on we're on speakers.
2: Uh, what do you think about this all, Fat Mike? Yeah, come on, Fat
3: Mike. Um, I like it a lot. I have a lot to think about. Okay. Do you I want to share I, any I of those think thoughts? I might take a... Right now, I, I think I might take a break for a little bit. Okay. It seems like I'm I'm on my phone a little bit too much because of it. Because I kind of cut all those social media platforms out so this is like what I do when I'm bored
2: interesting okay so you had an experience where you diagnosed that you had a problem with so I I hate the word diagnosed but you realized that you had a problem with social media and so you cut all that stuff out so you have before in your life realized you had a problem and cut the shit out
3: well I just think social media is kind of unhealthy Okay. Looking at perfect things all day. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, Fat Mike, uh, is there anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go? Um,
3: I just want to say thank you. Um, I I work a summer job, um, of like a mosquito business. And I listen to you all the time, and you keep me entertained all the time.
2: Thank you, man. I, I have always wanted to contribute in some way, shape, or form. To the mosquito business. Not on the side of the mosquitoes. Yeah. On the side of the
3: Europe. Yeah, of course not. We're exterminating them soon.
2: Um, thank you guys for the work that you're doing for the country of America.
3: All right. Thank you, sir. Take care, Have boys. Have a great night.
2: Those are good guys. They're making me think about my own problems. I'm trying to do that more. So it's the easiest thing in the entire planet. To sit here and uh, try to work out with people if they have problems. But now I'm working out with myself. Do I have a problem? Before, of course I have a problem. Of course I have a problem. I wake up in the morning. And I'm like. I, this happened to me this morning. I woke up and I was like. You know what? I'm going to do my journal. Before I look at Instagram. I said that to myself. And then I didn't. I just looked at And I didn't even do the journal. Because I have a problem, I exist day to day alongside many uh, human beings like me with fucking problems. What's that song? Fucking problems. Who, who does that? Who does the song? Fucking problems. Yeah, I like to fuck. I got a fucking problem. That guy, whoever I forget who does the song, but he's got fucking problems. He likes to fuck, and that's for him a fucking problem. I got inst. I have the Instagram thing. That's a fucking problem. And um, Fat Mike has gambling, and he realized for himself that it was a fucking problem. And uh, proud, of, good for him. I'm inspired by him. He's like, I have a problem. I'm going to do something to fix it. I'll take note of that. Hey, folks, this episode is sponsored by Factor Meals. I'm actually a huge fan of Factor, and it's been a large part of my weight loss journey this year. I've been using them before they sponsored the podcast, and their service is great. I hate cooking so much... And Factor makes it very easy to eat healthy, delicious food that I can whip up in the microwave or the air fryer. I'm a big fan of Factor classics such as the shredded chicken taco bowl, the Indian butter chicken, and who could forget the creamy tomato pork chop. I've been trying to count calories and lose weight and all that stuff, and Factor makes it very easy because the calorie counts and the macros are listed right on the box. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Head to factormeals.com slash gecko50 and use the code gecko50 to get 50% off. That's code gecko50 at factormeals.com slash gecko50 for 50% off. for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's the code GECKO for a first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Hello? Hello? So, Amin, what's happening? What's going on? What's your life like?
3: So, right now, I was talking to the guy before, uh, trying to figure out where my life is going after this, man. I, uh... I opened a dealership out here in Houston car dealership and uh, me and my best friend opened it together and basically the bank's came, gave us a bunch of money to buy cars and we fucking blew it man (laughs) we uh, we bought way too many cars that we couldn't sell in time and uh, you know put a strain on me my best friend's relationship Mm. Uh, we've been busting our ass for two years in a row And now it's, you know, everything is pretty much all packed up, ready to go. Everything is done. Now it's just like, now what?
2: You know? So you took a chance and you started your own car dealership and a bank gave you a loan to buy your initial inventory. Yep. So, dude, you know what's crazy is that, uh, I mean, for any business, like buying your initial inventory and holding on to inventory is risky because you never know if you're going to sell it. But buying an inventory of cars sounds kind of terrifying because you're buying a giant inventory of really highly priced stuff.
3: Yeah, man. $1.25 worth. $1.25 uh... million
2: dollars worth of cars. Yeah.
3: There's about 71 cars.
2: Wow, wow. So, when you decided to close down, how many dollars worth of cars did you have in your lot unsold?
3: Uh, about
2: four hundred ninety.
3: About $490,000? And yeah. And mm. so, as you go along with these cars, as you go along, you pretty much pay... So, say you have a uh, just from math sake, you have a hundred thousand dollar flow pain, right? So you buy ten cars at ten thousand dollars. Every month you pay a thousand dollars on each car, right? About nine hundred goes towards the principal, which is what you owe on the car, which is ten thousand dollars, and a hundred and a hundred goes towards the interest, the fees, yada yada, right? So some of these cars at four hundred eighty thousand, yeah, that's what it's valued at. But say we owe the bank $12,000 on a $25,000 car and they want their money. You know, you're going to have to send those to the auction and possibly take a loss. And, uh, you know, the worst loss I took was $20,000 on a Ford Bronco. Mm. You know, it wasn't, it, it, was, it was bad, man. You know, and they said it wasn't just my money. It was my money and my best friend's money. You and, no, and mm. you know, we granted me and him worked at the same dealerships. Like we've always worked at the same dealerships. But you know, when you take a big step like that, you don't you don't really think about all the uh, all the other shit that comes
1: with it. Part so of my you said
2: that way. you said that you um this you said that this ruined your friendship a little bit, or or maybe if not ruined, at least put a dent into it. How did this affect your personal relationship?
3: So pretty much made him not out anymore. I was out of work. I was out of dealing mm. with work shit. Mm. Um, mm. Just because, also, like we've we, we didn't we haven't seen anybody else in the past two years other than each other, just building at this dealership and pretty much just fucking it up, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
2: was there well, a was like, particular instance of a thing that that? hurt your guys' friendship, or was it just a general degradation over time?
3: It was just a... You know, when you're working 80 hours a week, you know what I mean? And Certain things aren't getting done. Um, certain weeks you're not getting paid because, you know, you have to pay your employees and shit like that. Of course, over time, it's it's just going to wear you down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It gets tiring. Mm-hmm. It gets real tiring. hmm You know? And, you know, you have angry customers, angry employees, angry banks. <laughs> it all comes down on two people's heads. You know what I mean? Mm. We're mm. not old either, man. Like, we're, we're I'm, I'm 30, 27. You know mm. what I mean? It's, it is what it is. So
2: where are you at now? What kinds of lasting effects are you having to deal with as a result of the failure of the dealership?
3: So this was, I've been in the car business for nine years. So this was kind of like, going to be like my dream. You know what I mean? Holy shit, I'm opening up my own dealership with my own name. I'm not working for nobody anymore. Mm -hmm. But doing this actually made me realize how much I hate the car business. Mm. So that within itself is a blessing, I guess. It cost me a lot of fucking money and a lot of time. God could have picked a different different way to show me that I shouldn't be in the car business anymore. But like now that I see it for what it is, and especially that I see all, like all faucets of it, the fucking tax side, the title side, the bank side, the floor plan side, it's, I'm, it's not for me. It's not for me. What so now What I, was I it think,
2: about the the car life that you thought was for you? What was the idyllic version?
3: Uh, the hustle and bustle, man. I, I just, I loved getting up I love talking to people, I love convincing people, I love the finance side of it, Um, just helping people out, like, believe it or not, like, a couple of times in my dealership, I had, uh, I would sign people up for Uber, like, you know, so that way they could help, that could help them with the car payment or whatever, like, stupid shit like that, it just, it went a long way with me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just, you know, like, when you own a dealership, you're going to the DMV, you're going to the tax office, you're dealing with an accountant, you're going to the auction. The auction's fun, don't get me wrong, but it's just... Everything fun about the car dealership business, I couldn't do because I had to deal with the the bigger shit. And what is your plan now? So, pretty much me and him are cashing out whatever money's left and to be honest with you, I don't know. I just... Mm. I know I'm going to go into some kind of business venture. Right now, like, I picked up bounty hunting on the side for fun. Um, that's been interesting, to say the least. You picked up but, bounty
2: hunting on the side? What? How, how does one yeah. pick up bounty hunting so on the sold, side? What, how did you
3: get <laughs> so into I sold, that? So I sold this guy. Uh, he, he owns his own security, private security company that also does fugitive recovery. I sold him a Tundra. A twenty twenty tundra and I was like so yeah, like I was like, Yeah, so this is what you do. He's like, Yeah, I was like, Yeah, I'd love to come along for a bounty. He was like, Yeah, sure, fuck it, come. So I go along one day and I was like, Holy shit, this is fucking awesome. Can I do this all the time? He's like, Yeah, I'll call you every time we have a bounty. So I've been actually like doing little bounties here and there. It's pretty it's pretty fucking fun and it's not like it's nothing stupid. Like we don't go after kids who missed their court date for weed and shit. Like he goes he goes after some serious people. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's, it's fun. It's fun to say the least. Uh, but it is it is quite dangerous. It's uh, it's a different lifestyle. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, I do it so, part time. That's it's all right.
2: It's an interesting thing when you have this idyllic thing that you are going after for so long and then after going at it for so long you realize that it's not for you. It puts you in a scary yet also interesting place with a lot of potential energy because now that you're no longer chained to the pursuit of your dreams, you can kind of do anything.
3: And that's what I feel like. I feel like my life is kind of like Grand Theft Auto right now. I could do whatever the fuck I want, but like, it's like, what do I want? You know what I mean? Like, I thought the dealership was what I wanted. I attained it. Now it's not what I want. So... What do I want? I kind of have to sit down with myself and think about that, especially like you know. My parents were talking to me about it. They were like, "All right, well, you're going to get all this money. What are you going to do with it?" And honestly, I don't know. I might just like just relax for like a year, kind of like how I did with like high school to college. I just relaxed for a year before I did anything. Just mm. thought about my plan. Mm. You, said know, other... you said that you're going to do other.
2: You said that you're going to do other entrepreneurial ventures. Correct.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to try to do what kinds of other restaurant.
2: entrepreneurial ventures a restaurant okay I was thinking
3: re- yeah either a restaurant or so uh, what i was thinking about doing was generally just buying out like dying businesses uh, so i thought like like i went around and looked at a couple of businesses you know like a restaurant and a salon I was thinking about just taking those over sprucing them up uh you know taking care of them for like a year or two building up the clientele building up the customer base and then just selling them off But
2: now isn't but now isn't a lot of the stuff that kind of made you realize that you don't want to get into cars like the bureaucracy, the taxes, the banks, this just I mean, the way that you described it to me was like you had this uh, idea of what not even not even a car, not even what a car dealership was like, but just the idea of like what running a business is like. And then when you actually went and do it you realized, oh, this actually fucking sucks. And the things about it that you were describing sucked seemed to be things that weren't just, you know, car things. They were constants in the pursuit of doing your own business. And I feel like, uh, would you not run into a lot of those again if you were to do something like uh, you know, running a restaurant? Not to be a downer, but... No,
3: but you're right. Huh. Yeah, that shit would just suck just as bad. If not, it'd be worse. Because now I have to worry about food. I have to worry about fucking health organizations. I got to worry about people not getting sick. That would be a lot worse. Mm-hmm.
2: I get the sense from you that you're very, um, you know, you're a hustler. You like entrepreneurship and whatnot, and you like the freedom of it. But uh, it's it's uh, that's a it's a hard place to be in because. There's there's a lot of rewarding stuff you can get out of that, but then also just a ton of stress and headaches and, and bullshit that you really gotta have a strong stomach for.
3: Yeah. Oh. This is this is the shit that kinda of sucks about life sometimes. So it's just like, okay, I have the means, but I just I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. at this point I just I kinda just wanna take like a year to just live, explore what's out there, see what's up. Maybe fall, maybe chase this bounty hunting thing for a little bit, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that seems to be the only thing that's like that I'm. I look forward to now. You know what I mean? Like jobs, shit, I look hunting. forward to. I haven't. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's fun. You know, I feel like I'm doing something with my life. Uh, you know, I'm I'm making a difference somehow, some way. I'm making a difference. You know, and that's all that ma- that ever mattered to me. You know, mm. I only kind of mm. sold out to for all this business shit just because money, but. Hmm. Yeah, it is what it is.
2: No, it sounds like you like to do anything where you get a little bit of a gratification from it. Yeah, man. Of course. Of course. Yeah. No, you do bring up a very interesting uh, uh, dilemma that I think about in my own life, too, which is like, um, you know, you have things that you want to do that bring you lots of joy and benefit but they also uh, come at the cost of just driving you insane with a lot of the peripherals of them and then you wonder and weigh the peripherals against uh you know how happy doing the thing makes you and at the end of the day that's, that's a decision that you got to make for yourself who have you caught anyone with this bounty hunter
3: yeah actually like my most like my most off the wall kind of case was a he was a criminal defense attorney and with him we had to be you know like he's a criminal defense attorney so you have to literally do everything by the book otherwise it's it's trouble but he couldn't stop being the shit out of his wife so the county pretty much had it and it was just like yeah go get him so we went uh, and he knew the law he knew the law really well so we went there at like 8 o'clock right and uh from eight o'clock till about three thirty, he wouldn't come out of his house because he knows that, like you know, we didn't have—it's not technically a felony warrant, um, so we couldn't just break his door in. So he literally just sat us out until we finally, like, finally, finally, we got permission from the landlord. James. She was like, "Yeah, it's my building. You kick the door in. Thank you. Kick the door in. Grab them up." Um, I saw the girlfriend. Man, that was—that wasn't pretty, man. He was, was a piece of shit. But,
2: well, anyway. I mean, man, listen, um, good luck in your future endeavors. I hope you find out something to do, or or at the very least, I hope you're able to do a string of things that bring you momentary enjoyment in the moment that you're doing them uh, before you die.
3: I appreciate you, man. Talking to you is one of them, so I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to check that off my bucket list.
2: Fuck yeah. Thank you, I mean. I'll talk to you soon.
3: Take care, brother.
2: He was a nice guy, man. Hello? Hello? Hi.
0: Is this the gag?
2: Yeah, who is this?
0: Fuck yeah, dude. This is Hannah.
2: Hannah, what's cracking with you?
0: Uh, nothing much. Just... Laying on my bed, hanging.
2: What do you? What is your life normally like? Are you? Are you always laying on a bed hanging? What? Are, what are you doing when you're not laying on a bed hanging?
0: I am a teacher.
2: Okay, how's that going?
0: Um, uh, it's going. It's going alright. I am very super busy this year, and I'm like debating whether I want to renew my contract or not. And, like, go off and do something else.
2: Yeah, it says here you, uh, okay, hold on. I have to just ask you about this real quick. Uh, It says your name is Hannah. I'm I'm ready. You're 27 years old. It says your name is Hannah. You're 27 years old. You live in Montana. Is that true?
0: Unfortunately, yes.
2: Your name is Hannah and you live in Montana? I thought you were fucking with me.
0: Born and raised, baby girl.
2: Hannah Montana, it says here that you've been a teacher for five years and you're thinking you might not want to do it anymore because you're feeling underpaid and overworked. So tell me about um, your your thought process here. Why are you feeling as though you might not want to do this anymore?
0: It's like super stressful and I feel like sometimes I don't have the emotional capacity to, like, get that stressed out as I've gotten this year already.
2: When you first started the year, I mean, uh, when you first started this five years ago, was your emotional capacity greater than it is now?
0: I think this is the hardest job that I've had in the past. Like, five, it, like this is the hardest job I've gotten so far.
2: The hardest in job you've gotten? In five
0: years, because I've worked at a different, Yeah.
2: Okay, because you've worked at different schools. It hasn't been the same school for five years.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, what makes this the that hardest job around. that you've gotten so far?
0: Fuck, dude, I'm busy like all the time. I literally teach nine classes a day. I teach two hundred and sixty-two students every fucking day.
2: You teach nine classes? I didn't. I, when I was in school, I didn't even go to nine classes a day.
0: Cause I teach K through 12, dude? I live in a tiny town. And so I teach literally kindergarten all the way up through seniors in high
2: school. What is it about this particular job? uh, Besides just the workload itself, the the sheer quantity of the work, uh, how are the kids?
0: It depends on what age you're talking about,
2: which Uh, one. Okay, which age group is the worst?
0: fucking 7th and 8th graders, dude.
2: That's what I thought. If I had to put my money on (laughs) the 8th graders, yeah, that's what I thought. It has to be the 7th and 8th graders. Tell me why, in your uh, opinion, it's been the 7th and 8th graders.
0: They, like, don't listen at all. Like, they'll seriously be, like, wrestling on the floor, and they'll be like, Guys, stop. Guys, stop. Guys, oh my god, stop. And they'll just like, don't. And I'm like, okay, well. And then one of them's like, oh my god, they hurt me. And I'm like, well... I don't feel bad for you. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Have you ever been, have you ever had to, have you ever had to, uh, like, actually take apart a physical confrontation?
0: No, because they all, like, since it's a small town, everybody knows each other. So everybody's friends with each other. So it's more just like they're at their house just wrestling around, but unfortunately they're doing it in my room.
2: Tell me what made you want to start doing this job. What wh- we've covered a little bit of the negative. I mean, what's the positive? What what got you into this? And is that glimmer of hope still hiding anywhere, somewhere?
0: Like it is. I don't. I'm honestly not really sure why I chose the route that I chose. I know, like, because I'm a music teacher and I love te- I love music and singing and like being in musicals and shit like that. Um, but. Like, now that I'm teaching, it's, like, it's not as fun anymore, I guess. Like, I'd rather be in a musical or, like, in a big choir than teaching kindergartners Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Hmm.
2: Uh, so if you were to quit teaching, what is it that you would do?
0: I don't fucking know, dude. I, like, straight out of high school, I went to college, graduated in four years, and then... I've been teaching since I've graduated and then so I really not questioned anything until like recently. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, what if I don't want to do this anymore? What do I do? Oh, no, I'm going to have to go back to college, but I don't have the money for that. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough thing uh, when you've like dedicated your life to something and then you realize you don't want to do it anymore. It's interesting because it's a double edged sword because on one hand, you get out of it. And you're like, oh no, this was, I don't, I don't even know how to walk or breathe or talk anymore because all of my walking, breathing, and talking was related to this thing that I've been invested in for so long. But then, yeah. on the flip side, you could do anything. You're a human being I know, alive like... in the universe. You're alive. How old are you now?
0: 27.
2: You're 27? Do you have arms and legs? all four you're amazing you could do anything this is crazy this is a weird this is Uh, wild why uh what do you what do you want to do that you feel like you couldn't do
0: dude i've always wanted to get into voice acting
2: okay okay
0: like i think (laughs) as funny as it sounds like my dream job would be like a disney princess where i get a voice act and sing all at the same time
2: Hmm. do you know can you do any voices for us
0: I can talk in my Brooklyn accent like this. I do it in front of my sixth graders all the time, and they absolutely love it.
2: I like that. I like that. Um, (laughs) Okay, you want to be a voice actor. And um, have you done any, like, do you make videos? Do you make TikToks or YouTube videos where you're doing your voices? (laughs)
0: Like, I totally would, and I could. I'm just afraid because I don't want my students to find my page.
2: Ah, okay. Well, then... But if you don't have your teaching job Because then I have then, to, like, really monitor.
0: Huh. I guess that's true. Hmm. I guess that is true. They ain't paying me no more.
2: It's true. But I'm not going to tell you to quit your teaching job because I'm not here to tell you what to do. But... No. That's um, okay.
0: I appreciate it.
2: And also, even if I did tell you to quit your teaching job, I would hope... You seem like you're smart enough that me telling you to quit your teaching job wouldn't be much of a factor in you actually making that decision.
0: Thank you. My counselor thinks I'm pretty
2: smart, too. Um, <laughs> what's your name again? Hannah from Montana. How the fuck did I forget that? Yeah, well, Hannah Montana. Um, <laughs> what? Do you have kids? No. Okay. Luckily. Do you have a husband, or a wife, or a dog?
0: I have a fiance. We've been engaged for like five and a half, almost six years. Um, so, husband eventually, but yeah.
2: How come- how come you guys haven't gotten married married yet?
0: Oh, uh, there have been like different levels that we've wanted to get past before we do it. And one of them was graduate college, then like get jobs, and then be financially independent. And I didn't become financially independent until like last year. And now we're like, oh shit. Uh, I guess we could.
2: <laughs> what does he do?
0: But we just haven't done it. Uh, he works for the Department of Agriculture.
2: Does he like doing that? Sort of. Okay. All right. And you sort of like teaching.
0: <gasps> yeah. 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 I don't know, dude. (laughs) That's why I have such a hard time. Like I get to work and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love the kids. They're so amazing. And then I get home and I'm like, oh my fucking God, what have I gotten myself into?
2: Mm. Okay. So, so what you just said just now, so you're feeling like in the moment, you're there, you're with the kids, you are enjoying the thing but then uh, mm-hmm. when you're reflecting upon your life as a whole, you're like, ah, I gotta get out of here.
0: Sort totally, of, yeah. Mm. Not like I gotta get the fuck out of here, but like, do I want to be here? Mm. I just in general have a lot of anxiety.
2: It's hard because um, not every single thing you could choose to do has pros and cons to it. I mean, even if you were a voice actor, there's the mm-hmm. whole uh, there's the whole thing of getting inconsistent work. There's, um... Mm-hmm. you know, you would have to kiss a lot of frogs if you were a Disney princess.
0: That's fine. I'm not afraid of them.
2: Fun. That was a really silly joke that I just made.
0: <laughs> I no, I love it.
2: Very quick. I was trying to think of something. And that's all I could think of. Um, hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Has talking about has talking about this helped at all?
0: Like a little bit. Like I, I know I've thought about making TikToks before, of like singing, me singing and stuff like that. I've just been too lazy to do it. <laughs> And okay. it's just given me another chance to think about, like, you know, maybe it's not, like, a bad idea. And so what if my students find it? Maybe they'll be the only views that I get.
2: See, there we go. That's how I think yeah, that's a good way to think about your students finding your um, your your TikToks. Is this just more views for you?
0: True. True. It is. The positive. Gotta look at the positive.
2: Hannah Montana... Is there anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go?
0: Um. Only do one illegal thing at a time.
2: Uh, I like that idea. You got it. Thanks for calling, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, YouTube ends here.